Strong voices. It's not just about one state. It's not just about one community. It's about all of our communities. The issues that face Indigenous peoples around the world sit at the heart of the questions that we're asking about the future of our political order. I am here and now, and I speak my language. I practice my cultural essence of me. What we do need is a more critical race consciousness in this country, a preparedness to talk about race, to talk about the way in which racialised logics are inscribed upon our bodies and to critically examine them in order to change it. The government's changed, but we're going to be still here. We're always going to be still here. We've been here for 65,000 years and I don't think we're going to go anywhere. What the system still struggles with is this collaboration with First Nations people. A strong voice is an Aboriginal voice. Good morning and welcome to Strong Voices. We're coming to you live from the Calm Radio Studios here on Arunna Country in Central Australia and broadcasting to all nations through Vast Channel 911 and on Aitken FM here in Mbantua, Alice Springs. We're also coming to you online through the Karma website, that's karma.com.au. Today is the start of the week. It's Monday, the 20th of May, 2019. I'm your host for Strong Voices, Kyle Dowling, and I'll be taking you up until 12 o'clock today. We're coming up on the program today. The uh, 2019 federal election concluded at the weekend. The uh, Liberal National Coalition defying the polls and returning to government. Today we're going to hear some of what Prime Minister Scott Morrison and uh, Bill Shorten, the leader of the opposition, had to say uh, following the result. Also, we're going to be hearing from NACHO, the National Aboriginal Community Controlled Health Organisation, who are going to be sharing their thoughts on what this will mean for uh, what the federal election result will mean for Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people. In the Territory, the two federal Labor representatives have retained their seats of Solomon and Lingiari. Uh, Warren Snowden, the member for Lingiari, will be joining us this morning. And finally, the flu has been sweeping across the country in what some have described as an outbreak as health practitioners urge people to get their flu vaccinations as soon as possible, especially for those individuals who have a chronic disease. We're, of course, going to be hearing the latest as well in Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander news from right across the country here on Strong Voices. What's up? You're listening to Strong Voices on Calm Radio. Yes, you're listening to Strong Voices here on Calm Radio at Ken FM. Well, the 2019 federal election is over with a result that both shocked and surprised many. I have always believed in miracles. And tonight we've been delivered another one. Scott Morrison wins the federal election for the coalition. The Liberal National Coalition has been returned to government in what many thought was an unlosable election for the Labor Party. But Liberal leader Scott Morrison turned the election on its head, brushing aside the shortened-led challenge, with Queensland proving to be a deciding factor in the campaign. A little while ago, Mr Shorten contacted me, and I thank him... I thank him very much in the spirit in which he made that call and I thank him very much for his kind remarks to me and to Jenny and to our family and I would like to wish him and Chloe and his family all the best and God's blessings. I have always believed in miracles.
three biggest miracles in my life here tonight. And tonight we've been delivered another one. How good is Australia? This is, this is the best country in the world in which to live. And it's those Australians that we have been working for, for the last five and a half years, since we came to government under Tony Abbott's leadership back in 2013. It has been those Australians who have worked hard every day. They have their dreams, they have their aspirations. To get a job, to get an apprenticeship, to start a business, to meet someone amazing, <laughs> to start a family, to buy a home, and to ensure that when you're in your retirement that you can enjoy it because you've worked hard for it. Mr Shorten congratulated Mr Morrison and told the Labor faithful that he will not contest a future leadership ballot. I want to say beyond this room to Australians who supported Labor, I know that you're all hurting, and I am too. And without wanting to hold out any false hope, while there are still millions of votes to count and important seats yet to be finalised, it is obvious that Labor will not be able to form the next government. And so, in the national interest, a short while ago, I called Scott Morrison to congratulate him. And I wish Jenny, and I wish Jenny and their daughters all the very best. And above all, I wish Scott Morrison good fortune and good courage in the service of our great nation. The national interest required no less. This has been a tough campaign, toxic at times, but now that the contest is over, all of us have a responsibility to respect the result, respect the wishes of the Australian people and to bring our nation together. However, that task will be won for the next leader of the Labor Party because whilst I intend to continue to serve as the member for Maribyrn, I will not be a candidate in the next Labor leadership ballot. To be able to have served as leader of the Labor Party for five and a half years is a greater honour than anyone who'd my family before me or even I could have dreamed of when I joined the local branch 35 years ago. What I have always loved about the Labor Party, and I still do, is the ideas that we champion, it's the people we empower, the people who count upon us, the people who need good, strong, reforming Labor governments. Gee, I wish we could have formed a government for these Australians on this evening. I wish we could have won for the true believers, for our brothers and sisters and the mighty trade union movement. I wish, I wish we could have done it for Bob, but it was not to be. Labor's next victory will belong to our next leader and I'm confident that victory will come at the next election. Friends, the test, the test even beyond victory 
which I set myself in the lead up to this election was that at 6pm when the polls closed, when the final votes were cast, I wanted to be able to look at myself in the mirror and say there was nothing more that I could have done. No more ideas that we should have expressed. I want to say to our Labor movement and our Labor Party, all of you can say this. We worked incredibly hard. We advanced ideas. We campaigned on a positive vision. We were upfront and clear about the reforms that both sides of politics have ignored for decades. And we've said loud and clear that Australia needs and needed to take real action on climate change. Clearly, on climate action, amongst others, parts of our nation remain deeply divided. For the sake of the next generation, Australia must find a way forward on climate change. And clearly, the Coalition's arrangements with One Nation and Clive Palmer have hurt our vote in a lot of places where it mattered most, particularly in Queensland and New South Wales. Friends, I am disappointed by tonight's results. But I am not disappointed for me. I'll always be proud of the courage and the integrity and the vision that our team showed. I'm disappointed for people who depend upon Labor, but I'm proud that we argued what was right, not what was easy. This is what politics should be in our country. Politics should be the battle of ideas. And I say to all of you here, and all of those tens of thousands of people, the volunteers, the candidates, that you leave here tonight with your head held up. I say carry on the fight. Carry on the fight for a fair go at work. For the equal treatment of women in their march to a proper treatment in this country. the fight for our national disability insurance scheme and getting it back on track, for a stronger Medicare and a better deal for pensioners. But above all tonight, I say to all of our supporters, those who push the progressive case for Australia, I say Labor is a great party. We are a resilient and proud movement. And we never give up. Falling down is not our challenge. Standing up again is our mark. Leave here knowing that we've argued for the future. And our time will come. Three candidates have emerged as possible leaders for the Labor Party. Deputy Tanya Plibersek is an early contender, with frontbenchers Anthony Albanese and Chris Bowen the other contenders. In the Northern Territory, Labor appears to have retained both the seat of Lingiari and the seat of Solomon, despite gains by the CLP. 
That was Karma's Paul Wiles with that 2019 election report. We're going to be hearing from Warren Snowden, the member for Lingiari, very soon. Before then, though, we are going to go to a track. Hi, guys, this is Dan Sutton, and you're listening to Strong Voices on Karma Radio. This morning, Karma's Lorena Walker spoke with Northern Territory Labor MP Warren Snowden, who has retained the seat of Lingiari. They discussed the election and also where to from here. Good morning, and how are you feeling today? I'm feeling good, thank you. I'm very pleased at the outcome of the election for the seat of Lingiari. Obviously very disappointed that we couldn't win nationally, but I'm very happy with the outcome in Lingiari, and particularly from the support that we received from the bush. And uh, Warren, just for now, looking back over the weekend, over the election, where to now for what is now uh, to come for the people of the Northern Territory? It's a bit hard to know, Lorena, because um, uh, the federal government, the new government, the new Morrison government, didn't have a program which it talked about during the election campaign. Uh, there were no discussions about policy at all uh, in the electorate of Lingiari by the government, despite the fact that um, Labor, with myself, has put up a whole suite of proposals, uh, including around doubling the money for going to housing in the bush, uh, roads such as the Santa Teresa Road, um, road to Papunya, those sorts of things, uh, plus our proposals to put more money into education and childcare and healthcare, uh, and our proposals to get rid of CDP and replace it with a new program which looked like the old CDEP. We've had nothing from the government. So what does the future look like? Who knows? We have to hope is that they actually do develop a program, because they don't have one at the moment, uh, develop a program which will be in the interests of um, people in the Territory, most particularly people who live in the bush. Uh, I hope that whoever the new Minister for First Nations people is, is someone who's prepared to sit down and talk uh, and listen to people in the bush, and if he, he or she does, they'll understand why it was important to take the policies we did to the election, and maybe they'll adopt some of them. Let's just see. What's uh, expected for you uh, for the rest of uh, 2019? Uh, Well, Parliament will resume uh, sometime, I'm not sure when, uh, and then we'll go through the issues to do with Parliament, setting up the uh, the Labor Party leadership, doing all that sort of work which needs to be done, Uh, and then um, uh, we'll obviously, hopefully, get some uh, legislation to deal with, uh, but then I'll be, what I'll be doing is advocating on our behalf, that is the Territory, the Lingiari behalf. And of course, I want to thank all of the people of Lingiari who have shown their support for me now over many years and to thank them for their ongoing support. And also thank all those people who helped us during the campaign, volunteers and people who work for us, because without them we couldn't win. Um, so it's very important we acknowledge that. And so I'll be travelling around, talking to people, thanking them for the work they've done. Uh, Mr Snowden, any last words or any other um, messages that you would like to put out there to the communities who may be tuning in this morning? Well, I think it's important that we understand the size of the vote, that even though the turnout was low, um, the proportion of the vote that came to the Labor Party. There are, in Central Australia, uh, a half a dozen mobile polling teams where we got over 90% of the vote. Uh, and another number, three others, we we got over 80% of the vote. Uh, Now, that's a direct repudiation of the CLP uh, and the coalition government, uh, and I think it's a a great endorsement 
of what Labor was taking to the election. And I suppose just for uh, the people in community or even just uh, local people uh, in the towns throughout the Territory um, and still for them to, um, if they do have any problems, make sure that they uh, do contact their local, uh, you know, people uh, uh, who are, um, you know, in, in those seats and um, I suppose, yeah, tell them their concerns and... and Absolutely. I mean, that's what we're here for. Um, I have staff travelling around the bush constantly um, and I think it's important that people understand that that's our responsibility. They expect to be able to talk to their members of parliament. Now, that's very difficult because it's a very diverse, very big electorate. But I, I have staff going to local authority meetings across the Territory and that'll continue. Uh, and um, where I can, uh, I'll be visiting communities, Absolutely. Yes, that was the uh, NT Labor MP uh, there, Warren Snowden, who has retained the seat, the NT uh, seat of Lingiari. Speaking with uh, Karma's Lorena Walker, we're going to be hearing from NACHO, the National Aboriginal Community Controlled Health Organisation, uh, who recently spoke with the ABC following the election result. Hi, my name's Darren Pedersen, and you're listening to Karma Radio, Strong Voices on 18 FM. That's right, you're listening to Strong Voices on Carb Radio this Monday morning. Well, the uh, 2019 federal election is over and the new Morrison coalition government has the job of delivering on its pre-election promises. Pat Turner is the CEO of the National Aboriginal Community Controlled Health Organisation, NACHO, the national peak body representing 143 Aboriginal community controlled health services across the country on Aboriginal health and wellbeing issues. Ms. Turner spoke with the ABC following the election results. Well, first of all, I'd like to congratulate Scott Morrison on being returned to government and I wish him well. And I hope that the Parliament will take a bipartisan approach to dealing with all matters related to Aboriginal people. I also want to acknowledge the hard work that the Labor Party did in putting together their policy platform, which unfortunately the Australian people decided that they weren't uh, ready uh, to take on. I think that uh, regardless of the election result, uh, we need a radical rethink by governments in the way they work with Aboriginal people and Torres Strait Islander people throughout Australia. So we want to close the gap and we have a formal partnership with the Commonwealth and the states. Grateful for Scott Morrison's leadership on that and we intend to keep a strong working relationship with him on closing the gap, which I know all Australians want to see. Um, So the living conditions of Aboriginal people, the health of our people, uh, the housing of our people, keeping our families together, keeping our people out of jail and out of youth detention, there are all important issues to us in the Closing the Gap exercise and uh, we've got every opportunity to make that work. We certainly need to see the colour of the money and uh, I am hoping that uh, the Prime Minister will announce that um, very soon when we go back to them with the framework. I also want to urge all the other state governments and territory governments to work with us on a collaborative basis to ensure the self-determination of our people is given legs. We've had the policy since the early 70s, but we've never been given the infrastructure and the support of our own systems of government uh, at the local and community level 
to ensure our cultural values remain, our languages remain, and that our culture is strong. And I think all Aboriginal people want that. The resources need to be directed at the Aboriginal communities and to Aboriginal community-controlled organisations. So I believe that uh, uh, the old way of doing things and business as usual for the bureaucracy, those days are over. And I believe that Scott Morrison has the mandate to ensure that he takes on our advice. I also think that uh, the days of appointed uh, government bodies of advisers are over. I think Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people should have a real say in who they want to speak for them. And I really believe that the community level and the community controlled organisations have a strong role to play and we should be respected. Uh, and at the negotiating table, making sure that decisions are made in partnership with us, that we are able to identify the resources needed and that they are directed to our people. We have over 40 Aboriginal peak organisations in the coalition of peaks that I lead on Closing the Gap. And we have come together because we've been so devastated over the past. We would like the $500 million taken out of the Aboriginal Affairs budget by Tony Abbott and Joe Hockey reinvested in Aboriginal community control. We don't want all this money going to the states and disappearing into their coffers. We want them to be more transparent and more accountable for the programs that they are responsible for. Likewise with local government. And we are always accountable as Aboriginal people and we will continue to be. We want the responsibility and we have to be given the role to play it. I want to commend Scott Morrison on his commitment to ending youth suicide and I offer him a trip to the highly uh, risky areas to take him to meet the people on the ground and to make sure that we really hear from the communities how we can overcome this tragedy of youth suicide in our communities. That was Pat Turner, the CEO of the National Aboriginal Community Controlled Health Organisation, Nacho there, speaking on the ABC following the, re- the result of the 2019 federal election. Hi, this is Kevin Capinari, and you listen to Strong Voices on Karma Radio. Bam! Yes, that's right. You're listening to Strong Voices on Karma Radio. Now it's time for the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander news from right across the country. I'm very happy to say that I'm joined in the studio by Karma's Lorena Walker and Paul Wiles. Thanks for joining us today. Yeah, good morning. Good morning. Well, Paul, we'll start with you. We've been dis- continuing the discussions on, I believe, the federal election. Yeah, uh, just an update uh, from the uh, ABC election computer, which is now predicting that the coalition has secured a majority government with at least 77 seats, as the Liberals appear set to secure the seats of Bass, Chisholm, Boothby and Wentworth. Uh, ABC reports that Labor held Bass while Wentworth and Chisholm were in the hands of independents, uh, Karen Phelps and Julia Banks prior to the election, but... uh the ABC's election analyst, a man who's well known right around the country now, Anthony Green, uh, said uh, as far as uh, he's concerned on the numbers to come, uh, Bass will be the 76th seat. 
and postals and absent votes favour the coalition in Bass where they're already ahead so uh, uh, the ABC predicting um, 75 seats for the uh, sorry 77 seats uh, for the uh, Liberal National Parties 65 for Labour and others 6 so um, the coalition uh, now has a certain uh, 75 and uh, 77 looks to be well and truly on the card so uh, uh, that's uh, the latest uh, from the ABC polling room. Um, results or the result of the election, obviously uh, many people still trying to get their heads around it, but um, uh, ter- uh, the um, uh, sh- Shadow Minister for uh, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders, uh, Senator Pat Dodson, um, who uh, has um retained his seat said well he's a senator sorry so he didn't uh, he wasn't up but basically senator pat dodson said uh, australia would have been a better nation if labor had won um pat dodson who was expected to be indigenous affairs minister under a new shortened government said uh, labor's agenda was a positive one when compared to the liberals and that we would have seen a different australia a totally different australia one where there's greater greater, uh, equity, greater fairness and greater prosperity for all Australians. Um, Ken Wyatt um, uh, responding on the uh, federal election. Um, He has been serving as Minister for Aged Care and um, uh, has rejected Senator Dodson's claims. Uh, Mr. White said he considered Mr. Dodson to be a friend and said he would have made a great, a great minister. Um, but uh, while the conversations uh, continue, uh, he said we talk about the philosophical things we are aiming to achieve, but at the same time we recognise our party positions are different. Mr White says Labor's loss didn't mean the end of an Indigenous voice to Parliament. It doesn't set back the causes for a voice to Parliament of some form, uh, or certainly a better way of engaging with Aboriginal people. Uh, Mr White says, I know that in Aboriginal health we were establishing strong partnerships and he can't see that diminishing. He has every faith in the new Prime Minister to continue the work that we were proposing in the Aboriginal Aboriginal Affairs Reform Agenda. So we will try and uh, follow up with Ken Wyatt to get... Uh, uh, Ken, Ken, of course, uh, retaining his seat of, yes. of Hastic as well. That's right. So Ken, Ken Wyatt um, um, back in uh, federal parliament. Of course, uh, you know, there will be um, speculation about uh, having already served as a minister and um, the... Um, previous government, uh, the new Morrison uh, coalition government, has the job of uh, replacing or or putting in people who he feels uh, he he needs to reward or whatever happens after an election. But uh, speculation about whether uh, Ken Wyatt could still become the first Aboriginal uh, Minister for Indigenous Affairs in this country. Mm, definitely still a few of those portfolios that uh, people will be very interested, you know, looking forward. Of yeah, what happens yeah. There. And, uh, you know, I mean, what a great opportunity as well for um, Scott Morrison to send, uh, you know, a message uh, to uh, First Nations peoples and to the rest of the country uh, about 
how significant he sees the portfolio of Indigenous affairs and how significant it would be uh, to have an Aboriginal man or woman uh, directing that portfolio. Mm. Well, we'll go to our next story. We'll go to you, Lorena. I understand you've got a story this morning in regards to a uh, national study on uh, Aboriginal culture. What can you tell us about that? Uh, yeah, so um, researchers from uh, across the country have come together. It's called the Mayi Kuwayu study, uh, and it's the most extensive and comprehensive um, uh, study of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander culture and uh, well-being uh, ever conducted in Australia, which continues to engage community and spark debate um, as asked people some important questions. And uh, I'll just go off something that was said by the leader uh, um of the study, Professor Ray Lover of the Australian National University said the study will highlight how culture is linked to health and well-being. So there's many um, researchers who are taking part in the program, including uh, two researchers from uh, the Tungandjira Research Hub, uh, Vanessa uh, Davis and Denise Foster. And yeah, so they're coming together to um, put a survey out in February this year that the survey was mailed to 180,000 Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people from 16 years and older. Um, and yeah, so yeah, they're really just wanting to um, ask Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people what issues are, you know, they're facing in their community. Um, sometimes when we get mailed surveys, it's like, you know, how is this going to help? Mm. How is, you know, my ticking these boxes going to help, you know, what, what, what outcome um but yeah so they're they're going through and um yeah really just asking questions about health and well-being um and um yeah languages identity cultural beliefs uh and also experiences uh, of racism and also the stolen generation so it's good to see that we've got um our local um aboriginal elders or leaders vanessa davis and Denise Foster um, taking part in this as well. And also um, there's a lady from, uh, oh, sorry, uh, Alison Wright, who works closely with the Central Land Council, uh, Tunganjira Council and Walcher, um, who's also taking part in the research as well. So, yeah, we'll see how... Well, it sounds, it sounds like a very comprehensive study and it'd be, like you're saying, very interesting to hear some of those results coming out. You know, we hear about those conversations in terms of that positive impact that, you know, that connection to culture, connection to country and things like that have had. I believe, you know, we've heard from the uh, study that's been running in regards to the ranges, you know, yeah. here in uh, Central Australia as well. So always interested to hear those point of views. Definitely be interested in hearing, you know, some of the findings yeah. from that. Carl, yeah. just before we go, yep. just getting back to the federal election, what did you think? Uh, for me, I mean, I didn't necessarily, I wasn't as surprised as everyone by the, the overall result. Um, you know, I, I've sort of taken the position of not being, you know, reading as much into the, what the polls are indicating or a lot of what mm -hmm. different media outlets are saying that is predicting to happen. I, I think what happened in the US with Trump, they seemed very <laughs> sure in terms of what was going to be happening and then it, it didn't happen that way. So for me personally... Um, I think just time will tell in terms of what that's going to actually mean for the mob. Um, obviously, we do have, you know, uh, Aboriginal MPs still within, you know, Parliament now with, with people like Ken White who, you know, have had that voice and, and 
you know, uh, we've spoken to over the time and it'll be interesting sort of hearing from his point of view, sort of where to from here. Those, I think, are the main conversations and what we're hearing from Pat Turner and a lot of other Aboriginal groups, um, especially off the back of things like, you know, the voice to parliament and things like that. They're the big issues, I think, that time's going to tell in terms of how that actually develops, whether or not we are actually going to go to a referendum and whether or not that actually you know, goes in with what the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people are wanting that process to take that uh, pathway, I guess. Yeah. Lorena, any thoughts on, yeah, on the election? Uh, yeah, just as, as Kyle said, uh, as time will tell, the anticipation of the country waiting to know um, with, with the election and um, especially for, you know, I mean, the thing is, like... Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people, it's always like, you know, what's going to happen? Are things really going to, um, you know, are, are, are people going to step up and, and you know, t- will we see these positive changes for, for the mob or is it just always going to be the ongoing fight and struggle? More that of we the do? same. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, um, yeah, lots of... Uh, Issues still to be covered, and um, but the election result is done and dusted, and the coalition has a majority now. They can govern in their own right. They don't need to rely on the, the crossbench. So um, business as usual, back to the drawing board. Sure is. Well, on that note, uh, Paul, Lorena, thank you both for joining us for the news from around the country. Thank you. Thank you. Well, we're going to head into our next story now. Uh, Aboriginal people in remote communities are being urged to visit their local clinic as soon as possible to get their vaccinations, especially if they have uh, chronic disease following high rates of the flu, not only in Central Australia, but uh, across the country. Since the beginning of April in Central Australia, more than 260 cases of flu have been reported. I recently spoke with uh, Dr. Blinda Greenwood-Smith from the Centre for Disease Control in Alice Springs, and I started the conversation by asking her how she would describe the current flu situation. I think we'd call it an outbreak at the moment. Usually the flu season is around about August, September in Central Australia. But since April, we've seen um, 262 cases since the beginning of April, which is really big for Central Australia. Do we know why? That's a very, very good question. (laughs) We're seeing that all over Australia. So down in South Australia and New South Wales and Victoria in particular, they're also seeing an early season, unseasonal cases, I guess. But no, we don't know. There are various theories, but I don't think anyone really knows. So then what are some of the symptoms that Mm. people should be aware of that. Yeah, so the flu is usually a relatively mild disease um, for you know a few people, but there's a range from a sniff and a sniffle and a sort of a, a cold type symptom to being very, very sick and in bed for up to a week with high fevers and, and cough and generalised sort of body, body aches and pains. And I guess um, for people who've got other health problems, it's particularly dangerous for them. So um, we really recommend that anyone who's got a chronic disease or is at risk of the flu uh, gets a vaccination to help protect them. Is that like things like, uh, say, like bad asthma or anything like that? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we in Australia we have an approach where we offer vaccination for a certain group of people for free, and um, we tend to do that for people we think are at higher risk of getting more serious consequences from the flu. So that includes people with chronic diseases like asthma, like heart disease, like other sorts of lung disease, smokers, and in fact, Aboriginal people in general we class as being in a higher risk because, as you know, there's a lot of overcrowding so people are more likely to, to get the disease. And there's a higher rate of, um, of other sorts of diseases as well, so they're particularly vulnerable. 
talking particularly about Aboriginal people in particular sort of remote communities and things like that. Mm. Are there services to remote communities that, mm. that provide things like injections and absolutely, things like that? Absolutely, absolutely. And they're out vaccinating now. So I think most of the clinics have a stock of vaccines. So if you went and are actively vaccinating their populations, but in case they're not, go to your clinic and ask for it, particularly if you've got one of those other diseases. And in terms of that, education in remote communities as well in terms of the understandings of what people should know, you know, about yes. the symptoms and things like that. Is that mm. something that you're seeing is, is growing over time or how, how would um, you categorise? So of, yeah. I don't know for those who know, but I also work out in Tichakala as a doctor. So um, I would say that the population out there has a fairly good understanding of the flu and then they do go to the clinic when they're a bit worse than they usually are. So I think that understanding is growing. Perhaps what's not so well understood is how it's spread. So, of course, it's spread, you know, people know when people cough and sneeze on you, you're likely to catch the flu. But in fact, a lot of it's caught just by people touching a contaminated environment and then touching their face and their mouth. So... Part of trying to prevent the flu is making sure that people cover their mouth and nose when they cough and sneeze, but also that everybody washes their hands you know, all the time, particularly during flu season, um, because that will prevent a lot of cases. And you know, the vaccine is effective and it, it's, it's helpful, but it's not 100%. So if I had a chronic disease, I would be particularly careful about keeping my hands clean during flu season. Are those sort of the main two things then that people should be aware of is, is make sure you get your vaccine yes. and making sure you always constantly washing your hands during this period of time? Washing your hands and that people cover their, their, their sneezes and coughs. And I guess if you know that you're sick and you've got the flu, then stay away from people. Try and, try and you know, crawl up in a bed somewhere and um, don't go to school, don't go to work and make sure it doesn't get spread to everybody else. You know, if you're a little bit sick and you've got a bit of a sniffle, there's probably not much that anyone's going to be able to do. But if you feel you're worse than you usually are, then absolutely um, see a doctor or the nurses out in the communities. But let them know that you think you might have the flu. So you're not brought into the waiting room and spend, you know, an hour giving it to everybody else in the waiting room so they can put you in a separate room and make sure that um, you're seen more quickly. And in terms of getting those vaccinations, where are mm. some of the places that people can go to do that locally here in Alice Springs? In Alice Springs, um, well, there is uh, obviously there's the Congress clinics that would be probably the first place I would consider going to. But the government service out in Flynn Drive, they also offer vaccines to people who are eligible. And as I said, that it's most Aboriginal people over six months of age. And you can go to a private GP. And it will be free at the GP as well. You just might have to pay for the consultation. I think the importance of vaccination, um, if you, particularly if you've got a, a chronic disease, going to doctor if you get worse and doing what you can to prevent the spread. That was Dr. Blender Greenwood-Smith there from the Centre for Disease Control here in Alice Springs. That's going to conclude Strong Voices for this morning. Thank you for tuning in. Hopefully you enjoyed the program. If you wanted to listen back to any of the interviews, if you missed any of them or, or just want to listen back to the program, we'll be uh, posting up on our... We'll be posting a podcast up, I should say, of uh, Strong Voices this afternoon up onto Karma Radio's uh, SoundCloud. So you can head to Google or whatever your search engine is and search up... Uh, Karma SoundCloud and you should be able to find us there and then we'll have the podcast of the episode up there from today. Thank you once again for tuning in. We'll be back at the same time tomorrow. Strong voices.